0: Support for market foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, who are excited to introduce their all new Rate Shield Approval. If you're on the market to buy a home, Rate Shield Approval is a real game changer, and here's why. First, Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. Here's the good part if the rates go up, your rate stays the same. If the rates go down, your rate also drops. So either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you would expect from America's largest mortgage lender. And to get started, just go to RocketMortgage.com/fool. It's Wednesday, July 25th. Welcome to Market Week. I'm Chris L. Back in the studio at Fool HQ, joined by Philadelphia's own Bill Barker from Motley Fool Asset
1: Management. Thanks for being here. Thank you. It's it's late on Wednesday.
0: It's late. It's late for us, and I'm not going to blame Amtrak. But part of the reason it's late is because of Amtrak being late with the train. Yeah. But, but you would have been
1: late, anyway, compared to It would to the have been normal, later than we know. typically
0: tape. Yeah. It's, it's even more so thanks to Amtrak, who we love. We love Amtrak. Um, we've, got, uh, we've got a couple of delivery stocks, and we've got a couple of vehicle stocks. Let's start with uh, the big delivery company, one of them, anyway, UPS. Second quarter profits for UPS came in higher than expected, shares up around 6%. I don't know why, but whenever UPS and FedEx are gearing up to report earnings, I my default setting is well, this will be good. This will like good in a in a positive way, not necessarily and get the popcorn entertaining way. Just I feel like these are two, these are just two strong businesses that are generally operating above average.
1: Yeah, and they tend to be pretty good bellwethers about certain parts of the economy. Specifically, how many things are moving around in the economy, and there are a lot. Uh, Revenue up nine point six percent for the uh, the quarter, and that's despite the fact that I think uh, the movement of Easter uh, this year, as opposed to last year, took a little bit away the year over year measurement there. Uh, And adjusted earnings up twenty three percent, so not just growing the top line, not just growing the top line, and you know.
0: Since I mentioned one of my default settings, I'll mention another one, which is my <laughs> my default setting for when a company sort of calls out the calendar, is to just be like, "Oh, come on!" But it actually does matter. I mean, it, it, it legitime, This is not this is not blaming the weather or something like that. Like the, ca- it really does matter when holidays fall relative
1: to quarters compared to a year prior. Sure, you got a, you got a lot of things you probably overnight uh, for Easter to uh, family friends. Send a lot out at UPS this year Easter? No, no. no? You know why? Because so, the calendar
0: changed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why. What do you send out for Easter? I mean, that... I don't know. I mean, maybe you send like a, a gift basket or flowers or you know chocolate or or bunnies or something like that. Maybe you don't ship bunnies. Ship but... <laughs> bunnies by UPS? Chocolate bunnies? I'm I talking about you'd... not the
1: real bunnies. I think you'd be uh, hauled in by the uh, SPCA if you start shipping. UPS boxed bunnies. Yeah,
0: I I think UPS would probably refuse that.
1: No, let's get back to the point. Um, They're uh, a very good quarter. I don't think they even brought this up, but I saw the CFO responding to a question on TV about uh, the North American uh, segment, uh, just maybe slightly missing expectations despite good growth. And and he was saying, well, it really, uh, now, if you adjust for the small amount that you're looking for uh, out of uh, the movement of Easter, then everything was to expectations. Uh, I think what UPS right now it had a very good day as a stock uh, on the basis of this. And uh, there are a lot of expectations. They've got sort of a new, um, some adjustments to the business strategy, I think that they're announcing in. Uh, September. There's a September date that has been targeted for that, and that'll be the next big thing on the UPS uh, shareholder calendar. Any questions from analysts
0: regarding uh, the color of the uniforms, the the, the whole brown color scheme? They really seem locked in on that. There, yeah. was a, there was a point in time where I thought maybe maybe change that up, but now I sort of feel like, no, nah, that's, that's who they are. You were thinking that. I was thinking that. I don't was know. Was anybody that,
1: else thinking that? I mean, probably a couple of people, but not many. I thought many. it was more like, what's up with the shorts? Are you still, you know, like that being a more controversial thing than the brown uniform?
0: Yeah. I mean, depending on where you live, I mean, if you're a delivery person for UPS, you know, and it's January in Vermont, then yeah, I don't think you want to be rocking the
1: shorts. No. So, they've got this transformational plan to be announced September 13th. Um, and uh, So, they've, they've made some hints about that. I don't know uh, exactly uh, how deep that goes, but it's, I think, going to be more about getting further integration of uh, technology into the, the whole business plan. And I think that right now, they have Something like 50% of their volume is touched by some particular technological system they have. I expect it's going to be higher after this, and that that will, if so, be well received. Let's move on to General Motors. Shares
0: down 5% after GM cut guidance for the rest of 2018 because of higher prices for steel and aluminum, and this is yet again an example of the, the guidance trumping the results. The actual results for GM for the second quarter were pretty good, but um, when they come out and, and we're just making no bones about the fact that, um, yeah, the higher
1: price of steel and aluminum matters to us because we make cars. Yes. And I think the number that they put on that was a billion dollars in uh, extra costs that they have to absorb somewhere in their, in their model. And it's either raising prices, which is something that's probably going to happen, uh, and decreasing margins. Uh, and then some combination of that uh, is what you're looking at. And even though sales are very good, uh, each sale is less profitable when you have to pay as much more. I, I think uh, somebody else's report mentioned that uh, steel prices were up, were 50 percent higher in the U.S. than than you know than around the world. Fifty percent? Yes.
0: So yeah, that that would make sense then <laughs> that they're that they're uh, that they're leading
1: with that. I mean, not that not that prices are up 50 percent in response to the tariffs, although they are up a lot, both domestic producers have taken advantage of the opportunity to price higher so that their margins improve, and all the imports are getting 25%. So, it is tough days for everybody, really, in the automotive manufacturing uh, sector, um, and it, I wouldn't say that GM is is having the hardest go of it.
0: No, no, this was this was absolutely, um, yeah, this was playing out across the industry. Um, to go back to GM for a second, though, I mean, you look at the stock with the drop today; it is close to a fifty-two week low, and I'm wondering if you look at, at General Motors and think, okay, putting aside the the cost issues, um, they did. Deliver in the second quarter. They're putting up good numbers. They're you know they're moving vehicles. Is this a value play, or do you think that there's enough uncertainty due to the higher price of steel and aluminum that you think uh,
1: this is close to a 52-week low for a darn good reason? I think that it's close to a 52-week low because of the inability to really quantify just how far this will go. As you know, earlier in the day. Uh, The administration was threatening 25 percent tariffs uh, on imported cars. And that is uh, highly unlikely to be the kind of thing that is not responded to uh, by everybody who can and everybody who's affected by it. And it would be uh, certainly GM would be in the crosshairs of that retribution. So I think that it's you know, you can quantify how much the current tariffs are affecting input costs, uh, but there are still so many paths that this can go down and so many other opportunities out there which aren't suffering the same sort of uncertainty about how are we going to adapt uh, to uh, both you know, the tariffs that are, that are affecting the input costs and the tariffs that are, will be coming out from, from Europe possibly. Um, so I I just don't think that uh, people really like investing as much in things where they're taking as many guesses as they have to, to build out a model of what this thing might be able to do.
0: Uh, From on-road to off-road, we're going to talk Polaris, uh, which makes off-road vehicles, also motorcycles. uh, Really good second quarter for Polaris. Profits up 47%, um, which begs the question, if this quarter was so staggeringly profitable, why was the stock down more
1: than 10% today? So, uh, I I looked at the Polaris conference call, and the word tariffs comes up 55 times. (laughs) That is why (laughs) this stock is down. I'm laughing only because that number, if you
0: had asked me to guess, my guess would have been, uh, double digits, it wouldn't have been 55.
1: Yeah, like how many times did they use the word, the? I, I don't know, 50, 60? Uh, no, tariffs was uh, the, the theme of the day. And they pointed out that they're going to be spending an, esti- uh, an estimated $40 million, uh, on tariff-related commodity costs this year in 2018. And they referred to 2019 as being much higher and not estimable. And again, this is the kind of thing where you put out, oh, we can't even really give you a number of how much extra we're going to have to spend next year, uh, because we don't know we don't know what the next step is. So they're very happy with the top line, and as you mentioned, it's a good quarterly report, beat uh, everywhere you're looking. Um, but uh, sales are up ten percent, and. Uh, Earnings per share were up 47 percent year over year. Did have some hiccups last year, so that's you know part of why, and also the taxes are better this year. Uh, so that's not all efficiencies, uh, but like GM, but more so, they don't know what their costs are going to be next year.
0: That's uh, a little scary. Just when you consider we're we're talking about. Next year, we're not talking about 2025 or you know further into the future. Um, one of the stories in within this industry that we've seen play out this year has to do with Harley Davidson and the struggles at Harley Davidson. And when I saw the report from Polaris, I went immediately to their motorcycle division and just to see what those numbers were like because. I thought, well, look, if Harley Davidson is struggling, maybe Polaris is benefiting, or is one of the companies that is benefiting. And it seems like, no, not really. I mean, their their motorcycle sales were down 13 percent year over year. I mean, it really seems like, at least within the motorcycle
1: industry, there appears to be some overall weakness. There is, and uh, again, this is uh, tariff related. And Polaris doesn't have the same problem that Harley does with messaging, uh, building more overseas. Harley's got a special uh, place in in the minds of Americans as a uh, a producer of motorcycles right here, and they they have not only difficulty. Messaging that they they're going to be forced to produce more motorcycles overseas to their customers, but also to the administration, which took great offense to that. And Polaris is not not as high profile, so they can they have a little bit more flexibility to operate business intelligently without ending up in a fight. Yeah, you don't want those kind which, of distractions. Which Harley is not something that Harley apparently has the option to do. Which is tough, They're very tough. It absolutely is. I
0: was thinking as you were talking about how was it a year or two ago that we were talking about we were talking about brands and specifically logos, and uh, I think you made the point that Harley Davidson has to be on the short list of the most beloved companies in America, sort of the most beloved American companies, because, uh, to your knowledge, it's the only one where. A decent number of people will tattoo the logo on their body.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm, and I'm not the first one um, to to bring that up. I think Harley themselves and others have brought that up over the years, and it it is uh, further evidence of the special role that Harley has, uh, and the the brand power that it has, and Polaris has. Uh, a number of um, you know brands that you would know, but no single brand has got any kind of uh, competition with Harley for for that kind of iconic status. Uh, so tough times on the numbers for them. Um, the profitability, again, uh, the top line. Look at the top line is healthy. The company will be healthy, but it will just not be as profitable for each unit sold.
0: I want to say a quick shout out to Quicken Loans uh, because of rising interest rates, a lot of unpredictability when it comes to buying a home these days, causing some anxiety. And our friends at Quicken Loans are doing something about that. They're calling it the Power Buying Process, and it works like this: Quicken Loans will verify your income, assets, and credit in less than 24 hours to give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer, and then once you're verified, you'll qualify for their all-new exclusive Rate Shield Approval they'll lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. And here's the really great part, if the rates go up, your rate stays the same. If the rates go down, your rate also drops, and either way you win, which is great because, let's face it, uh, you could be running into a situation where you uh, you lock up your rate, and then a month later, a friend of yours gets a lower rate. and. Uh, Maybe yeah, and
1: then he's kind of nasty to you about it. it. Like maybe yeah. not nasty,
0: but just sort of rubbing it in your face, well, like, "Oh, you got that? Second. I got a lower rate. Yeah. Oh, guess what? I'm fine. I'm <laughs> fine because I've got the rate shield approval." Uh, it's the kind of thing you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. And to get started, go to RocketMortgage dot com slash fool. Retail approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal Housing Lender licensed in all 50 states, not 46 states like some of those fly-by-night organizations. NMLS ConsumerAccess.org, number 3030. Uh, the star of the day has got to be in the stock market. Has got to be Grubhub. The stock up about 25% at one point this afternoon when I saw it. Um, Revenue up more than fifty percent from a year ago, and not surprisingly, Grubhub shares hitting a new high today.
1: Yes, daily average Grubs were up thirty-five
0: percent. That's a metric they use, like the Zestimate with Zillow. They 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 say daily average Grubs. Yes. <sighs>
1: <laughs> okay, go You're on. You're focusing on the wrong part of what I just said. Go on, go on. The DAGs were up thirty-five percent. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, active diners now 15.6 million, seventy percent increase uh, over uh, the second quarter of uh, 2017, and 39 uh, percent uh, gross food sales uh, improvement year over year. So, it's just one of these rapid growth companies that is. Uh, taking advantage of the increased use of mobile uh, for so many parts of life and accompanying the uh, earnings, and uh, p- quite possibly just as important to today's move up, or maybe more so, is this acquisition of Level Up, which is um, a mobile diner engagement and payment solutions provider. Uh, so that's going to be worked into the Grubhub. Uh, Business and they're going to be that much more powerful. We'll come back to
0: daily average grubs in a second, but in the same way that GM shares are near a 52 week low, we got Grubhub. This thing's hitting a new high. This was kind of a pricey stock coming into this earnings report anyway. What does the valuation on this thing look like now?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's an old economy, new economy kind of thing, right? GM, good looking report. But uh, they're in the crosshairs of economic forces beyond their control. Uh, Grubhub appears to be playing in a space where uh, things are more in their control. They're not. They're not affected by steel and aluminum tariffs. Uh, they are asset light, and that is what you want to be these days: is asset light and. Uh, uh, first mover, as they are. So Uber Eats is the number no. two player in the food delivery space, and you've got uh, DoorDash, I think, uh, and and then a bunch of very small things which keep getting uh, acquired. Uh, Grubhub being one of the major acquirers. So yes, it does look expensive on your traditional metrics, but when you're growing. Uh, Active diners seventy percent year over year. It's it gets very hard to value hypergrowth like that. And you know, as we know, the DAG's growth is incredibly impressive. So daily average Grubs. I'm I'm not rooting
0: against Grubhub. I will just simply say for companies that that do this sort of cheeky humor with you know like like Shake Shack with their. Instead of same store sales, it's same shack shale sales. Um, that's fine. You can absolutely do that, and and good for you for having a sense of humor and all that sort of thing. Just know that when the quarterly report, sometime in the future, looks terrible, no one's gonna. To... <laughs> that's gonna backfire. Like when they have to. If if Grubhub has to come out in three months or six months or whenever, at some point in the future, it's gonna be brutal. And they're going to avoid saying
1: daily uh, active grubs. Where would you rank this on the Trunk scale? Uh, Trunk, say being a a ten on the one to ten scale of a a title or word or acronym which offends you. Uh, I mean, it's not offensive.
0: It's just like it's eye rolling a little bit. Um, On a scale of one to Trunk, I would say daily average grubs is somewhere around.
1: Six, a little six. I'd go, yeah, yeah. But you're, you're new to it. I mean, this I just sprung this on you right now, so it, it might burrow its way further under your skin as time goes by. No, um, no,
0: I, I think no? I, you're, you're, Zestimate is is right where I rated it when I first heard it, and same for uh, Shake Shack. Um, before we wrap up, uh, and and. Long-time listeners can tell from the tone of my voice. uh, We've reached. You're
1: sighing. Like, oh no.
0: Where will this go? No, no, no. They they know that we've reached the end of the investing portion of the of the show. Um, Let's get to something going on in your life, which is uh, a new
1: member of the family joining the Barker home. That is true. Yes. Uh, on On Saturday, I think that is the uh, expected uh, arrival date of a puppy. Okay. And which is a you know always a joyous event, but there's a little bit of uh, trouble in the house with the naming. Do you want to share what the candidates are, and maybe we could crowdsource? You know, yeah, um, I'm I'm pushing sports. Tupper, Tupper, Tupper. Yeah, okay. It's uh, named after a lake in the Adirondacks, okay. uh, near where uh, I like to go in the summers. Um, but as opposed it, to the where, what's that? As opposed to the where. Tupperware. Ah, yes, and and yes, as it was t- uh, crowd tested, some people thought that that was what the Tupper might be referring to, I'm which is ass- just completely wrong. Okay, I'm assuming a lot
0: of people when they f- they hear Tupper, they're expecting the next syllable to be where.
1: No, it's just because they're not familiar with upstate New York. That's that's probably true. Just sad. Um,
0: also in the running is is what? What's Co- competing with Tupper? Cooper. Cooper's in there. Okay.
1: Um, and then, uh, I would say, a lot of uh, bad name choices <laughs> that have been forwarded by others in the family.
0: What is the name favored by the youngest person in your
1: family? Uh, she was with Tupper for a while. Uh, but uh, I think she's she, she also likes Cooper. And I, she's got a list. I don't know. There are, there are a lot of names. If anybody's got a really good dog name. For a, a puppy. For a puppy. E- but it's going to need to be a good name for a dog, too. That's true, because puppies grow up to
0: be yeah. dogs. Um, so you can email marketfullary at fool.com or you can tweet at us. Um, I think I'm just going to throw like Tupper versus Cooper out there in a poll and see what we get.
1: I've offered, um, as you know, as you, the favorite name of any of my pets in your mind Party Cat. Party Cat. And I was thinking, uh, although Party Cat has left, uh, unfortunately. Uh, party dog. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Exactly. Why not? You honor the legacy
0: of Party Cat. It's a great In name. Dog form. In dog form, it's a great name. I mean, who's not? Who's not? Ha- In the same way that I was rolling my eyes and groaning at the phrase "daily average grubs," you're walking down the street and it's like, oh, who's that little ve-? That's Party Dog. Party Dog. <laughs> who's not psyched about that? I mean that's I mean that's great branding. That's that's frankly, it's better branding than Tupper. Tupper's not a terrible name. It's not a bad name. It's just not as strong as Party Dog. No, no, I doubt. it. You know it. what? That's going in the poll. <laughs> Tupper, Cooper, and Party Dog. Yeah,
1: that's it. And um, uh, and and, and writing candidates. in candidates are also uh, welcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Although hard for you to pull on that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, it'll just show up in the Twitter
0: mentions. Yeah. We'll see what we get. Uh, right. will, will you uh, unveil this uh, in a future episode of Market Foolery for anyone who cares? It's hard to believe anybody would care. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Uh, Bill Barker from Molly Full Asset Management, you can uh, read more from him and his colleagues by going to foolfunds.com and check out Declarations, which is the free monthly newsletter from Bill and the Brain Trust at Motley Fool Asset Management. Thanks for being here! Thanks! Thanks for having me! As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Forward. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening! We'll see you tomorrow!